Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. Join me, your host, Alexia Gordon, as I chat with authors writing cozy, traditional, and historical mysteries. You won't find explicit sex or graphic violence. You will find intriguing authors and quality fiction. Thanks for listening. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Susan Shea joins me in the corner today to chat about Murder Visits a French Village, a Chateau and Burgundy mystery. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Alexia. Murder Visits a French Village is a series debut. Please tell us what your book's about. Well, this book is about a young-ish new widow from from the United States who found finds out that she's inherited a chateau. She and her husband had seen it on their honeymoon only four years before, and it was a romantic wreck. To her surprise, he had purchased the chateau as in a secret deal so that he could fix it up and give it to her. But then, alas, he died suddenly. And now she's found that that's pretty much all she has uh, in the way of an asset. So she comes to France to make the best of it and uh, kind of falls in love with the chateau as everybody does. Now, you don't just uh, send your protagonist from the U.S. to France. You send her from a big city, New York, to a small village, which is a huge change in lifestyle, even if you were staying in the same country. So what are some of the challenges that your protagonist has to navigate to adjust to uh, life in a new style of community as well as a new country? That's a really good question Um, because, in fact, she has lived in a high-rise apartment. She doesn't have much family left. Most of her friends were kind of recent friends in New York because they were friends of her husband's. Um, He was in uh, financial business. So when she comes, she's feeling kind of alone and a little tentative on what she's going to do, but she has the great good fortune of renting a little apartment uh, in the town of Noyer-sur-Seren. The town is real, the uh, cafe and the apartment are not. And uh, she makes friends with the owner of the cafe, Tony, and his charming girlfriend, Regine, who is a remarkable cook. And they kind of introduce her uh, to the local society uh, and she begins to feel comfortable in the town. Plus, she has she has another piece of good fortune. She's been introduced to Catherine Goff, who is a character from my last two uh, French village mysteries, and who in those mysteries lives in a town I invented that's actually very close to the real Noyer-Sussurin. So she begins to develop a sense of community somewhat with the expats and somewhat with the uh, local French people. And that is her introduction into the town uh, and the need to find service people and all kinds of repair people is another way that she's introduced. She simply must learn um, how to say sewer lines in French. <laughs> she's very good French, but it's not doesn't include uh, hardware store information and construction information. So that's, so she's really kind of pulled into the life uh, by the need of the chateau 
uh, you know, and, and the need of the repairs. It's kind of fun. Now, you mentioned the expat community. What's an expat? An ex an American expat is someone who retains their American citizenship, but goes to live more or less permanently in another country. They've chosen to live out of the United States for a variety of reasons. In my story, her reason is that she really doesn't have another place to be, and that in honoring her husband's desire to give her this present, this chateau, she feels she's staying close to her late husband. Um, Catherine Goff and her husband, Michael, are expats for another reason. They wanted to leave the United States because they couldn't afford the United States, pretty much, and because his career as a rock singer had seemed to fizzle out. So they started, they wanted to start fresh uh, in another country. There are many reasons why people, and I've met many of them when I've been in France, decide to leave the United States. And it usually has nothing to do with political dislike or uh, anything like that. It's usually because of the opportunities that they have. You you mentioned that you met some when you were in France. Do you travel to France uh, to research your novels? Oh, yes, many times. Um, I I actually went to this village that was in the first two French mysteries, um, which are still out, because my friends from California had decided to go live in France. And uh, it was through them and through their eyes that I began to see how expats can try to fit into a small insular town. In this case, it happens to be France. And the part of France that I write about, the Yonne department of Burgundy, is very old, very old-fashioned. It's mostly farmers. The farms are handed down. The properties are handed down from generation to generation. So it becomes very insular. And um, for an expat to fit in, they really must be humble. They really must be respectful. And they must be very, very patient. Uh, most of us probably associate uh, Burgundy with uh, a type of wine. But you mentioned that it's it's actually a region. It's a place, an area of France. Can you tell us a little about Burgundy? Yes. Um, the, the reason that people think of the wine, and well, they should. The wine is, is uh, famous all around the world is that the terroirs in part of Burgundy, the landscape, the little bits of land, are just remarkable for nurturing the grapevines and the wonderful grapes. Uh, that used to be the case in more of Burgundy, but phylloxera, uh, a terrible attack of phylloxera, really wiped out large par- portions of the vineyards, and they've never come back. And so that's where the farmers who grow alfalfa and rapeseed and other crops like that, pasture crops, have built a new industry of sorts. They're not very wealthy people. Their land is not worth a great deal, uh, but they are very loyal to it and they do the best they can. Now, a, a chateau is an intriguing thing for your your sleuth to have inherited. How did you choose that as, as a sort of a Setting. <laughs> well, I was looking for a way. Um, this is a new publisher for me. 
And but they loved the work of they loved the other books. And they said, could you just give us something slightly different? But we like those characters from your first two French books. So they can creep in any, you know, here and there. We like that. We like it in the same place. And I was thinking, well, what what am I going to do? And the truth is, and it's a wonderful truth, I was sitting having tea with my dear friend, Maurice Bowen, who is a hugely successful, popular writer of crime fiction, and whose imagination never runs short of ideas. And she and I were batting ideas around, and she said, well, what about having her have to deal with a chateau? Um, And I thought, that's a great idea because there are lots of small and large chateaus. The great ones um, are huge and she couldn't conceivably, my my heroine, Ariel Shepard, couldn't conceivably tackle one of those. But there are lots and lots of small ones. And like the one that Ariel has uh, been given, uh, it they, they sometimes started as uh, medieval forts because Burgundy was a land of enormous conflict. At one point, the Burgundy dukes were actually uh, in war, at war with France. So um, she has one that's got some medieval aspects to it, but then was purchased by some people in the 19th century and turned into a very fancy mansion of sorts. So it's got bits and pieces of things that she can work with. It made it more fun for me because... Uh, it's going to be turned into her own revenue producing thing. She hopes, she hopes she's going to get it ready in time that she can invite guests to come and stay there for a luxury experience. Now, renovating an apartment is a, a major undertaking <laughs> that you know, brings green, brings grown-ups to tears. Yes. And your sleuth is renovating an entire chateau. So what are some yes. of the uh, sort of... um home reno snags that you throw in her her direction to keep things interesting. What isn't a snag? First of all, the entire uh, water system for the house is, is, has been corrupted by age and, and, and it just doesn't work at all. So she needs a new sewer system. She needs new water pipes. The electric uh, have not been dealt with since the middle of the 20th century. And they're uh, very, very old. And they're falling apart. So it has to be rewired. So I have a plumber, Andre, who's local, who helps with all the water issues and the sewer issues. I have two Brits who are friends of another character who come over to help with the electricity, completely rewiring the house. The roof is a mess. There are um, slate tiles that are very, very old, and they have to be replaced or repaired. And the floors and the well oh, and the window sashes, you know, there's these beautiful tall windows if you look in a book and look at pictures. But all the window sashes were, um, had dry rot. So they all had to be replaced. And she wanted to keep the old glass in them. And so Jean Paul comes because that's a specialty of his. So the house is full of workmen, um, all the time with their specialties. Um, so, it's, you know, it just, it's an endless chore. It's endless. And it goes, I'm finishing the second book. And believe me, it's still going on. <laughs> now, crime fiction, even when it's not, you know, dark and gritty, still uh, involves law enforcement to some extent. Uh, and, and I mentioned that French law enforcement, um, actually, for that matter, French uh, home renovation laws are probably very different than they are in America. So how, how did you 
learn about the the sort of the criminal and legal systems in France? Did you find that challenging to keep your story sort of in line with the laws she'd be dealing with rather than the you know American laws? Yes, Alexia, I had to do a lot of research, I would say, not only into slate tiles for the roofs, but also into the way that the French legal system works, police system and legal system. I found that in a way, um, the French legal system, it's built on the Napoleonic Code, so it starts from a very different place than ours. Um, but but the, but the structure of the police is not quite as different as I thought it was if you can kind of look at some of the um, the, uh, the titles uh, and the responsibilities of the French police. They begin to look a little more familiar to me over time. So that's kind of helpful. Uh, as far as the other laws in France and the other, I had, I had to do a lot of research about um, ownership of French property, how that works, um, so that I could get the plot right for the first one. There is a lot that's different, um, but thank God there's a lot of, thank heavens for the internet and uh, for, for a couple of sources that I have, people I, French people I know who were very helpful to me. And are you able to uh, research the laws in French yourself or do, you, or do your friends translate for you? Um, I would say it's half and half. My French is, my uh, reading French is pretty good, but when it gets down to the very fine points or things that are not, that are a little ambivalent about the law, I really do count on a couple of French friends. One in particular, uh, Isabel Breton, who is a dear friend and whom I see when I go to France. And Isabel uh, is very good at giving me a hand and, and under, helping me understand the nuances, things that I might miss. And one thing that's uh, fun about uh, stories set in villages is there there's usually a supporting cast of characters who's uh, generally described as quirky. Um, do any of your French friends appear as as quirky cast members in your books? <laughs> um, actually, the the first two books that I wrote um, that are kind of in this series, but not quite, were inspired by a couple of my dear friends who moved from California. But through them, I began to meet people in the in the village that I fictionalized, and their stories were just too wonderful not to use. So I've carried that idea over into the new series, the related series. And, um, you know, I, I do meet quirky characters, but you know how it is if you're sitting, if you're just sitting, listening and looking, you can imagine what people's lives are like from the things that they say and the way they look. So I think eccentric, wonderful, quirky characters are a huge part of a good story. I love them for my stories in particular. I just can't do without them. And speaking of, of stories, you mentioned that you were working on the second book in the series. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes. Ariel Shepard is still working on the Chateau. She has different things she's working on now. Um, uh, she's kind of appalled because having gotten all the electricity and all the wiring done and all the water pipes done, she, the walls were replastered. And then she realized she has to add bathrooms if she's going to turn this to a... Um, a revenue producing 
uh, building. So they're going to have to open up new holes in the walls. And <laughs> um, in, in the meantime, uh, she uh, is she stumbles onto the body of a eccentric old woman that she knows very little about. And the story progresses along two lines. Who was the woman and why was she killed? And uh, it's it's a it's a story that I like very much, and it does incorporate some of Burgundy's and the Young Department's remarkable uh, resistance, war resistance stories, because that area in Burgundy, uh, like other places in France, uh, had a very robust, brave citizenry who were part of the resistance in World War Two, and. If your your series is uh, continues, which we certainly hope it will, do you foresee the uh, renovations on the chateau sort of progressing along with the series? Oh yes, yes, definitely. Because once all the hard work is done, she has to decorate it, and then she has to figure out how to get people to come and visit, and then she has all the landscaping. She uh, owns uh, about fifteen acres, I think. Of land in my this is invented of course this is in my head it's a wonderful <laughs> chateau in my head and she has a lot of work to do outside once she gets the inside pretty well taken care of well that sounds like there'll be lots of opportunities uh, to find uh, more stories about the burgundy region and its uh, people to weave in with the uh, with the mysteries yeah it does it really does and i found out recently i i did a one of the um uh, uh, promotions that I was invited to do was to, to join a blog. And I asked as a question in the blog, what, if you were going to France and going to a chateau, what would you really want to see in that chateau? And it was wonderful. The I, the, the responses that came back gave me some great ideas for what she has to work on next. Well, where can readers connect with you to uh, maybe find out what Ariel's working on next, see how the uh, renovations are going, find out what the uh, next book will be? Well, I have a website, of course, uh, SusanCShea.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'd like to be better at it, but I'm on it. I'm definitely on Facebook. I have an author page on Facebook. Um and I'm active. I go to conferences. Um, I love to do uh, book clubs. I've done some of those, and I'd love to do more. People can contact me through my website, and I'd be happy to talk to their book clubs about France, about chateaus, about murder, about small-town life, and about French food, by the way. And as a side note, if they had to pick a Burgundy wine to pair with your book, which one would you recommend? Oh, I don't think I can recommend a wine. I, I think Burgundy wines in the United States are very expensive. Um, and I don't drink. So I, okay. I have to take the, I have to take the recommendations of my friends. And there is something on my website. Um, I'm going to refresh it, uh, which is a uh, recommendations of a friend of mine, um, a former agent of mine, Kimberly Cameron, who is a real wine connoisseur. And I asked her some time ago, and she gave me a list of some remarkable wines that she recommends from Burgundy. Well, books are certainly a way for people to uh, experience uh, 
places and people and, and taste sensations that they can't necessarily uh, do in person for, for a variety of reasons. So where can readers buy a copy of Murder Visits a French Village if they want to sort of vicariously experience uh, Burgundy wines and food and, and chateaus and people? Um, my local independent store, Book Passage, uh, is carrying them. For the moment, um, the the best way to get them is on Amazon. Uh, the paperback will be released uh, in a few months, and that one will be more widely available. But the hardcover and the ebook are available on Amazon at the moment. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me in the corner today, Susan. Thank you, Alexia. It was a real treat to talk with you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I've been chatting with Susan Shea about her new mystery, Murder Visits a French Village, a Chateau and Burgundy mystery. Until next time, goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Please support the podcast by leaving a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you listen on. Follow the podcast on Instagram at podcast underscore cozy, on Facebook at The Cozy Corner Podcast, and the web at The Cozy Corner with AlexiaGordon.com. Follow me at Alexia Gordon Author on Instagram, AlexiaGordon.Writer on Facebook, and AlexiaGordon.Net on the web. Support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash author Alexia Gordon. And until next time, thanks for listening.